calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Realm presents Spider King. Episode 2. Darnell wore a tight, high collar to cover his few neck tattoos for his first shift at Delaney. Though the cheap cotton irritated his skin from the moment he put it on, it became second to first aid jitters by the time he settled into the back of the bus. As his mind chased all the things that could go wrong that day, his finger went to his wrist. The divot was smooth now, cold and numb. The spider hadn't stirred all morning, further suggesting this was all in his head. He looked to his wrist for possible confirmation of this and sat up. This was new. The area had scabbed over. He looked closer and quickly saw his mistake. While a scab was rough and dull in its transition back to skin, this smooth covering caught the light of the bus. Underneath, if he kept a still eye, movement. He sensed the motion too, but not through his wrist. That was still numb. Darnell started, shit, just his phone. He pulled it out and read the text from Ashley. Missed you this morning. Didn't want to wake you, he texted. Still getting Kaylee from your mom's today? That's the plan, you good with it? Of course, she into dolls? She's a superhero girl, but don't stress about it. Worry about work. Love you. Glad you're home. His stop. He pulled down his sleeve and got off. Whatever was happening with his wrist, he needed this job. Ashley's coding consultant contract with a gaming startup provided good money and flexible hours. She assured him they were good on finances, but Darnell knew his court proceedings had run up their credit cards and he had no intention of making her work harder than she already had to support him. The day started smoothly. The customers proved to be respectful, his colleagues supportive, and Joy proud of what she'd helped create. The first hour, he checked his wrist constantly. By mid-morning, he fell into a rhythm that felt a lot like content. The itch from his shirt collar returned while he was picking up a young couple's order halfway through his shift. 
It deepened to a throbbing pressure at the base of his throat. Attempts to clear it as he crossed over to table nine only made it worse. When he relieved his hand of one of the plates, the Eggs Benedict, he quickly forced a finger below his collar. A pop, felt, not heard. The itch erupted. Pressure spread into his face, threatening to expel his eyes from his sockets and cut off his air. And then, a release in his throat. A tickle tumbled down his shoulder and arm. Fuck. Another one. He knew it right away. He offloaded the second dish, forced a smile for the couple's benefit, and was about to retreat back to the kitchen when the man stopped him. Wrong, he said from under a faded baseball cap. Though he wore an ill-fitting hoodie, his watch and demeanor gave away his wealth. Sir, Darnell said, Eggs Benedict's hers. I ordered the steak. Oh, my, uh, my apologies. And there's a lot of flies in here. We're working on it, sir. Darnell switched the plates. The man watched his movements. His partner nudged him. So what type of stuff you guys get busted for? John, the woman said. What? It's a reasonable question. It's an interesting gimmick. Darnell's forced smile was getting harder to find. He'd been oriented on the different kinds of customers. Most were respectful, if not a little voyeuristic. Others seemed to venture in out of offended curiosity. I killed a non-tipping customer. This is my chance to set things right. Darnell didn't wait to see the response. He returned to the kitchen and found an empty corner. He shook out his sleeves, untucked his shirt, anything to find the little... Hey, fresh out! Joy leaned into the kitchen. The label was without malice. You got table nine? They're looking for you. Darnell sprang up, fixing himself. What they say? Relax. Behind the desk, his new boss had been intimidating. Darnell wondered if that whole thing about being an ex-convict herself was just blowing smoke up his ass. Seeing her now, her hair pulled back in a neat bun accentuating the wearing effects of years of incarceration, a serving tray balanced on one hand, he saw with new comfort that she really was one of them. They probably just want some extra tea. He asked what I was in for. She stepped fully into the kitchen. I hate those. Want me to deal with him? No, I got it. The steak's overcooked, the wealthy man said as soon as Darnell was in earshot, his eyebrows raised in expectation. Dissatisfied, he waved Darnell closer. I want to show you, so you know. See how the pink turns too close to the center? Does the chef use a thermometer? I'm not sure, sir, Darnell said. He didn't give a damn about how the steak was cooked. He did care, however, about the orange-red spot on the edge of the plate. Too far removed to be food. It moved. Darnell reached for the plate. The orange spot disappeared underneath. I'll relay to the chef... Make sure you do. It's important, the man touched his arm. Also, babe, let it go, his partner said. I didn't appreciate your joke. It wasn't a joke. The man released his grip. Darnell was just about to pull away when another spider, all legs, scurried from his shirt cuff and onto the table. It went right under the woman's downcast, embarrassed gaze. She yelled swiped at the intruder and knocked the man's coffee into his lap. Darnell reached to help, 
and laughter erupted from inside of him. <laughs> you think this is funny, fucker? The man said, standing. He was taller than he looked. The restaurant paused. The man only now seemed to remember the other side of where he was. He averted his gaze to his soiled lap, happy to have his own ruin to focus on. His eyes paused at his sleeve, where something spindly circled the cuff. He yelped and threw the spider off. Let's go, okay, his companion said. Her eyes traced movement up Darnell. He felt something shift between the buttons of his shirt halfway up his midsection, followed by a faint tinge dragging up toward his neck. This place is filthy. Let's just go. By the time Joy came over, the couple was long gone. Those the rich folks, she said. Man looked like he's carrying gold up his ass. They didn't like the service, Darnell said. Fuck him. Congrats, an asshole on the first day. It's part of the job. Hey, it's your break time anyway, right? Darnell lingered awkwardly outside the occupied employee bathroom and then left to go outside. Three of his new co-workers recharged over cigarettes. One waved him over. He desperately needed to check himself and he couldn't in front of them. When Freedom Rings told him to keep any effects of the jail study secret, Darnell had naively imagined feigning ignorance when people asked him how he could hear so well or his newfound ability to be productive with little sleep. Never did he imagine having to somehow hide his new occupation as a walking spider incubator. Any discussion could result in legal action. What did that mean? Going back to jail? That wasn't an option. What if these co-workers caught him slipping? You know where a toy store is? He asked them, smiling amiably enough. Have to pick up something for my daughter. They directed him to a department store across the street. Once he was well down the alley... He pulled up his sleeve, patted himself down, and shook out his leg. He continued to check himself as he crossed the street to the department store. He reached into his pockets for his pills and remembered he'd benched them. He was on his own. Dark clouds began to blot out the sun, turning the day from golden to gray. As he searched the toy section for superheroes, his mind replayed the incident at Delaney's. The now unmistakable sensation of something removing itself from him had come quick and easy, as if his flesh worked in anticipation of more. Darnell continued to check every itch and displaced hair through the checkout line. He wouldn't be able to focus on work not knowing where those spiders ended up. The cashier said something that reeled him back to the present. Hmm? I said I didn't know we carried stuff like this. For your son? Darnell looked at his purchase for what felt like the first time. He'd been of scattered mind when he'd pulled this thing that certainly wasn't a superhero from the shelf. What the fuck was happening to him? He checked his phone. His break was over. No time to go back. This would have to do. Daughter, he said. Cool daughter. I wish my dad got me stuff like this. Maybe I wouldn't be so afraid of spiders. The rest of the shift held neither conflict nor spiders. At the end of it, Darnell counted his tips and stepped out into the rain. He ran with his jacket pulled over his head and Kaylee's gift stuffed under his arm. He barely made the next Inglewood-bound bus. He still hadn't gotten his license back. He found a spot at the very back where nothing could surprise him. 
His first day in the books, curious angst returned in a wave. He unbuttoned his collar, rolled down the sweat-stained rim of fabric, and used his phone's camera to inspect his neck. A black, glistening void replaced the tattooed eye of Kaylee's toddler face. The spot didn't leak. It didn't hurt. He undid his shirt further, traced his hand over his collarbone, and found another hole in the meat of his shoulder. The flesh expanded to receive his finger like a lover. There was no pain. He pushed in deeper, nearly to the first knuckle, and retracted when he realized he'd hit bone. Nausea doubled him over. He fought the urge to retch. He pulled out his phone, went through his recents, and redialed the research study. Thank you for calling Freedom Rings. We are not in the office right now, but we'll return your call as soon as possible. As a reminder, all studies are confidential and... Darnell hung up and just barely kept himself from hurling the phone halfway across the bus. That fucking jail. They had done this to him. And for what? Approaching the Brea Regent. The bus announced his stop. Darnell fastidiously buttoned up his shirt and exited. He ran the short distance home, happy for the cold rain to distract him, and took the stairs two at a time up to their third floor apartment. He began to unlock the door, then stopped. He counted himself down from ten and rang the doorbell instead. I wonder who it is, he heard Ashley say. A lighter voice followed it and caught Darnell's breath. The sound cleared his mind of spiders and jail. The door opened. Just inside, Kaylee hung onto her mother's leg. Darnell had seen hundreds of pictures of his daughter in the time he'd been away. Still, the cut of time stung. Her legs were confident in their stance, whereas before they were thick and wobbly. She held a Marvel action figure in her free hand and eyed him with caution. Look who it is, Ashley said. It's Daddy. Hi, Kaylee said, half her face covered by Captain America's shield. You've gotten so big, Darnell said. Have you been eating Nana out of house and home? Kaylee leaned further into her mother. I got a gift for you. Darnell lowered to his haunches. His daughter had been well taken care of. Her hair was manicured in neat braids, her skin lotioned, her mouth unchapped. All this growth, all this change had occurred without him. He had been the first to hold her after a 30-hour home birth, both horrific and beautiful. He'd never rolled away from her nightly piercing cries, turned his nose at diaper changes, nor chosen hanging with the boys over his baby daughter, all the responsibilities his own father had skirted. Now he was functionally a stranger. Go on, it's okay. He's your daddy, Ashley said. The girl took this comfort and stepped forward. She initially smiled at the bag, but her face soured and turned as she pulled out the box. She scrutinized the toy through its plastic casing. Darnell's heart sank. What had he been thinking, buying such a thing? Then Kaylee's face lit up. She opened the box, careful not to tear the packaging, even in her excitement. Darnell had been just as meticulous with his own presence as a kid. For a moment, it looked like the remote-controlled creature inside was emerging on its own accord. Darnell winced at the pain such size would cause. She turned the mechanical spider belly up, counted its long, furry black legs, and delighted in how they shifted with gravity. What a... nice toy, Ashley said, her tone drawing his eyes. A spider, she mouthed. Darnell shrugged. 
He picked up the box and inspected it. Here, try it out. Darnell switched on the remote control and handed it to her. Her fingers adapted to the D-pad surprisingly well. A low hum began as the tarantula's legs crawled forward like drumming fingers. The eyes glowed red, a feature Darnell didn't remember seeing on the box. Kaylee giggled as she turned the spider toward Darnell. It lunged forward, its eyes burning a path. The creatures inside of him clenched into balls of fright. The sensation sparked a greater fear. Not because of the mechanical arachnid, it was just a toy after all, but because he didn't know how many things shifted inside of him, only that it was more than three. Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Kaylee finished her dinner and quickly returned to her new toy while Darnell and Ashley watched, amused. She ate all her veggies, Ashley said. She ran her fingers through her locks, which had doubled in length in the last two years. Rule is she can't play with her toys until she eats them, and even then I'll get a few bites at best. What can I say? The girl likes spiders. Kaylee held onto the spider as her mother changed her into her pajamas, brushed her teeth, and read from her collection of comic books. Can I take it to bed? Kaylee asked. Please? Yes, but it stays off, Ashley leaned into Darnell. You want to tuck her in? Can I? Darnell followed as his daughter yipped in glee and ran to her room. She floated the spider along the wall as she did, the click of its legs sending prickles up Darnell's arms. Kaylee hugged her new spider through her covers, its legs spanning her little chest. Though Darnell remembered turning it off, the eyes continued to glow. He pulled the Avengers blanket up to her shoulders and stopped. Ice filled his fingers, his toes, and began to spread inward. The spider, the first one, was perched on the back of his hand. Kaylee saw it too. While Darnell considered what to do, the spider decided for him. In a quick pump of its legs, it teleported from the back of his hand to the edge of Kaylee's bed just beyond where the covers began to rise over her. Kaylee propped up on her elbow to watch. The spider drummed its two front legs, which were thick with fur. The two main bulbous eyes lent it a chilling awareness, an intelligence. Darnell opened his mouth to reassure his daughter, but there was no need. Kaylee wasn't worried, not at all. She was fascinated. Is it real? she asked. Her hand crept forward, then retracted, considering. What do you think? It looks real? The spider chittered in his direction, then turned toward his daughter. It waved its straightened frontmost legs up and down, eliciting a giggle. It repeated in rapid succession, then thrusted its thorax down in a quick motion. Kaylee offered her open palm. The spider's size became strikingly apparent as it considered the young girl's hand. The spider stepped toward her. Stop, Darnell said, only a whisper. Mentally, however, he'd lunged as if to catch a falling glass of water. Whatever interest this thing had in his daughter, he didn't like it. The spider paused. 
Darnell grasped hold of that wisping mental connection and pulled. The resulting discomfort was like trying to break out of a dream that kept a paralyzing hold as the real world came back into focus. One of the spider's back legs clicked upward, then the other. It slowly moved backward. Are you controlling it? Kaylee whispered. Darnell nodded, not trusting himself to speak. The spider didn't like this new relationship. Darnell could feel its resistance. Still, it lifted its hind legs to mount Darnell's open hand. As if in retaliation, the spider sent a load of its sensorium to Darnell in return. He gasped as he felt the warmth of his own skin through it. The beat of his own pulse. The spider was a microcosm of instinct and sensations. Darnell relinquished his control, his breath heavy. The spider could have used this moment to leap onto his daughter and Darnell would have been powerless to intercept. Instead, it centered itself on his palm. Kaylee met it at eye level, inspecting its intricacies with innocent fascination. The connection of senses remained open. Darnell recognized the exhaustion of his own lifeblood through its legs. What's its name? Kaylee said. It doesn't have one. Can we name her Portia? I like that name, Darnell said. And then, before he could vet his words, do you want to see something cool? Kaylee nodded. A grin took over her face in the way only a child's could. You can't tell mommy, though. It's just for us. Darnell pulled up his sleeve and curled his fingers to coax the spider, Portia, back toward his wrist. It resisted at first, like a child being called in from play. Darnell flexed his fingers. They both wanted to avoid another mental effort, for now. Portia turned, paused her black cartoon-like eyes over Darnell's, and then approached her birth spot cautiously, as if stalking valuable prey. She prodded the wound with her feelers. His flesh parted to accommodate the matured arachnid. Does it hurt? Darnell shook his head and hoped his face didn't give away the lie. Can I do it? Only grown-ups. If you see Portia or another spider, you tell Daddy, okay? Don't play with them alone. Promise. She nodded. Darnell tucked his daughter back in and handed her the mechanical spider. She wrapped her arms around it, but not as tight as before. Her gaze was off to the side, thinking about something else. Darnell returned to his bedroom with Portia tucked back in her home. There, scented candles sent golden shadows across their bed. Ashley sat against the headboard dressed in her black lace lingerie, the same from their wedding night. She held two glasses of red wine. What's this? Darnell said. First day of work done, I thought. Nell, what's wrong? Nothing, I just, uh, it's been so long, you know? Kaylee, she's gotten so big. I can't believe she's into superheroes now. And spiders too, I see. She sat up to pass him his wine. The fabric of her silk shifted over her body. While a lot had changed, some things stayed the same. You're here now. That's all that matters. It wasn't that simple. He knew it, and she knew it. After the pain he'd put her and Kaylee through, no one would have blamed her for leaving, especially her family. Ashley's decision to stick by him could not have come without cost. 
The adolescent joy he remembered had withered to adult worry while he was away. There must have been lonely nights soaked with resentment, anger, and doubt. Him being home couldn't make those feelings magically disappear. Whatever remained, she'd put aside to allow celebration. But everything has its price, especially freedom. Darnell sipped the wine, the first alcohol he'd tasted since his arrest, and followed his wife's gestures to sit on the edge of the bed. She positioned herself behind him and began to massage his neck. Relax, she said. After two years of constant guard, that was easier said than done. Let another inmate or detention officer get close enough to touch and they were close enough to hurt. The soft hands on him now, the same hands he'd held at the altar all those years before, were safe though, right? How could he possibly imagine them turning malevolent, imagine them moving around his neck, tightening until life leaked out of him? Yet the image was there, burrowed deep in his mind like the spider in his wrist. Her hands paused just as he was beginning to relax. Her soft touch floated over his neck, abruptly disappeared, and then returned a few inches away. She explored further down to his shoulder and found the other numb spot. Who hurt you? She said. How do you know I didn't hurt them? Because you're my gentle giant. It looks like someone took a bite. He shrugged her off and pulled up his shirt. It's nothing, all right? No, she said. She moved to his side. It's me. You can tell me anything. I just want to know if I need to go down to the courthouse and beat somebody's ass. Darnell couldn't help but laugh at this. Because you know I will. I know, he said. That's why I don't tell you. We can't both have a record. You don't think they'd hire me at Delaney? You don't want to work there. Oh, shit. Bad day? Darnell rubbed his wrist. His neck and shoulder throbbed. He told her about the couple, leaving out the part about the spiders. Ashley began to kiss his cheek, and Darnell felt words slip away. As she made her way down, she stayed clear of the numb parts. He felt every bit. Sounds like they had your back, she said. They did. It felt good. This feels good. Ashley's hands went down his shirt. When he remained stiff, she pulled back. You don't want to? I do, he said. And he did. But doing so meant a full release. What if she saw one of those things crawl out of him? How would he explain it? He had already asked so much of her. Would that be too much? He turned to receive her lips, which fell over his. They lay back on the bed. She shifted to top him. It took him back to those solitary nights, still chained to the dark recesses of his captivity. He had imagined feeling her again, her lips, her hips, her weight on him. But it had never felt as real as this was now. They gave me something, he said as her kisses moved to his chest. A medication. I think it changed me. She grabbed him just firm enough to make him shudder. Feels the same to me. Not that, he said. They said it would help with anxiety. I think it just made it worse. Hey, she said. Look at me. Whatever it is, we'll work through it. It was his turn to kiss her. 
For a time, he forgot about jail, forgot about the spiders, forgot that anything had been different. In the embrace of their intimacy, time had become immaterial. She was slow with him and patient. He felt silly like a schoolboy losing his virginity. Embarrassment, insecurity, all these stupid emotions that had no place in his bed with his own wife. If Ashley noticed, she had the grace to pretend she didn't. After mutual satisfaction, sleep came easily in her arms, which felt like home. But steel bars and intrusive legs pushed into his dreams. Back in his cell, spiders poured from under the bed and through the cracks in the wall. He yelled for help. The guard who came had large, soulless eyes under its cap and hairy feelers that reached through the bars to provide a comfort Darnell didn't want. His wrist, neck, and shoulder all pulsated. (gasps) He woke in a gasp, breath heavy. Darnell slid from under Ashley's arm, slow, listening for any change in her breathing. For many nights, most nights over the last two years, sleep didn't come until his cellmate's breathing had deepened and slowed. He scooted to the edge of the bed and onto his side. Darnell found his phone under his pillow and turned the flashlight on low. He clenched his fist, concentrated on his wrist, and pushed. Three lazy legs poked through his skin. Darnell continued the effort. The spider emerged in a spray of organic spittle. The hole contracted behind its tenant. He willed the spider forward. It lilted to the side fell off his wrist onto its back and scrambled to right itself. It immediately made back for Darnell's wrist, but he stopped it. Easy, easy, legs tight, thorax back. Forward, Darnell's lip quivered. Excited, he pushed again. This time was quicker. A second spider fell from his neck onto the bed beside Portia. It hit the sheets as a tight ball that sprang open to reveal long, spindly legs that dwarfed the pinpoint thorax. It scurried around as if stepped on. Darnell focused. The spider stopped. Its legs paused in a disarray like a bundle of thick hair. Portia had resisted. This one fought. White flashed in Darnell's vision. He winced from the pressure in his head. When he looked again, the spider was gone, over the side of the bed. Portia tucked her legs into her body and made herself small. Slow and steady with the third, he sensed the creature awaken like a part of himself coming into focus. It shifted under his skin. The shoulder muscle spasmed. A minute or so later, it was out. The orange, hairless spider circled his arm, deployed a silk anchor, and descended to the bed. It approached Portia, Unlike the eldest spider, this new one's exoskeleton had a plastic sheen to it that caught the light. It led with its frontmost legs, sending them out like walking sticks with careful purpose. Portia reared up on her own legs in a wide warning. Darnell pushed for calm. Through this mental portal, a wave of alien fear and fury came in exchange. Only through bearing it could he maintain control. Portia stilled as the orange spider inspected her, tapping the pointed end of its legs on hers. Beyond them, the third spider crested the edge of the bed, curious. Darnell felt the world uniquely through all three of them. For not the first time, and certainly not the last, 
He wondered how much of himself he'd relinquished to gain freedom. He had a feeling he'd find out soon. Darnell must have dozed off watching the three of them discover each other. Dull, distant pains in his wrist, shoulder, and neck brought him to the edge of wakefulness and then fell away. Soon enough, all was calm. You're listening to Spider King, narrated by William Demerit. Produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Realm, listen away. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Spider King is written by Justin C. Key. It is produced by Diana Foe and executive produced by Molly Barton. Audio produced and original musical theme by Amanda Rose Smith. Sound design and editing by Kaylin West.